Welcome to Sealing God's People with your host, Dennis Beard. Without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. The question is, what is holiness? What is the divine nature of God and how do you get it? Is it simply just asking Jesus to come into your heart? Is it saying the sinner's prayer? Do you automatically, just by uh, becoming a newborn babe, you're automatically grown up into Jesus in full holiness, partakers of his divine nature? Is there a process? If we walk in the light as he is in the light, then we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. But that's predicated on walking in the light as he's in the light. Here's a scripture that we need to take a look at in Hebrews, 13, Hebrews 12, I'm sorry, verse 14. And Hebrews 12, it talks about this work of the ministry that God has promised yet once more. He shakes not only the earth, but also heaven. Not as it was in the days of Moses when he shook the earth only. He descended on Mount Sinai, a mountain smoke as the Lord descended upon it. The trumpet, the shofar, sounded louder and louder. The people said, uh, they asked Moses, please, hear God's voice and declare that to us, lest we die. Moses said, I exceedingly fear and quake. It was a terrible thing, and, of course, we fear God, and those that fear God keep his commandments. But yet, he's promised, he has promised something far greater, far greater than that upon the end of the world has come that is up on us the body of Christ that we are to come to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ unto a perfect man growing up into him in all things in all truth well then what is acceptable what is all truth well we can only know that through the Holy Ghost being led and guided of the Holy Ghost into all truth, and there will be no dissension in the body of Christ then. We will all walk in the unity of the faith, speaking the same things in one mind and one accord. Well, that day, somebody said, has certainly not happened yet because there's over 23,000 different denominations on the face of the earth that, came, that claim to be Christians. And not all can be correct. This one has a certain doctrine, that one has a certain apologetic, a certain idealism, a certain belief system, and it is written in their, uh, their table of do's and don'ts in their doctrinal statements. But when we look into the Word of God, it's very plain that there's only one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God who's above all, Father of us all, and in us all. There's not two. There's not three. There's no trinity. But what is the truth? How far in the depth of the revelation of Jesus do we have to come? Do we have to know all truth? Or just partial truth? Is that enough? Well, when that which is perfect has come, all these other things will be done away with. Now we see through a glass darkly in the Pentecostal realm. Well, we're not in the Pentecostal realm anymore. We're in the tabernacle realm. Tabernacleists, not Pentecostals. We are to go up into him in all things and all truth in the new thing and making ourselves new wineskins. Well, we see that in 2 Corinthians 3. 
God has shown forth his glory in the face of Jesus Christ, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power might be of God and not of ourselves, for the Lord is that spirit. That's the first foundational truth. The Lord, Jesus, is that spirit, not spirit junior. He is every office of the spirit. That's the doctrine of Christ, which needs to be taught in all denominations, but it's not being taught. And that's that's the reason so many different dissensions and strife and heresies and denominations. It's simply because there's no agreement on it. One will think this, and others think, well, just say the sinner's prayer, you're saved. Another one says, no, that you must obey. And another one disagrees on that. And what is holiness? The definition of holiness has been debated over the years in a doctrinal statement where it's just a, a way that you dress. A dress code, in other words. Others will say it's also including a dietary law. Things that you can and cannot eat. Others will say it's forbidding to marry and abstaining from each which God is sanctified by the word of God in prayer. These are doctrines of men. Touch not, taste not, handle not. It has a show of wisdom and will worship, not to the satisfying of the flesh. But it is a doctrine of men, stated by Paul. What's true holiness? Without which no man shall see the Lord. Let's take a look at Hebrews 12. And uh, at the end of that chapter, he says, There is a work of God in these last days, that the Lord hath promised he will not shake earth only, but also heaven. The powers there in heaven will be shaken. Why? Well, it's going to be a separation. And the Lord, if he's promised it, he certainly will do it. The Lord hath promised yet once more, I shake not only the earth, as he did in the days of the exodus of Israel from Egypt, but he shakes not only the earth, but also heaven, that all that can be shaken may be removed as of things that are made. Everything man made doctrine and everything that's not in God will be removed. Seeing then that those things that cannot be shaken, the true believers in God, a tree planted by the waters that cannot be moved, so then that we, the body of Christ that can't be moved, may remain. That's the remnant. We want to be. What is left behind? Contrary to what this pre-tribulation rapture bunch states. The truth is that the Lord hath promised yet once more he will shake not only the earth but also heaven in a great shaking of the nations and even the heavens themselves that all that can be shaken may be removed as of things that are made, man-made things, man-made faith. Faith is the substance of things so far. The evidence of things not seen, and these are man-made things. That all that cannot be shaken may remain. That's the remnant. They keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus that you read about in Revelation 12. That's the church. That is not national Israel. Well, seeing then that we have a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace whereby we may serve God with reverence and godly fear, for our God is a consuming fire. This consumption decree will overflow unrighteousness for all that's left in the earth, well knowing from the least to the greatest. That's the work of the ministry, which is a strange work. Bring to pass his act, his strange act. Don't mock at it, lest the bands of your heart be made strong. 
for judgment will God lay to the line and righteousness to the plummet. When he arises to do his work, his strange work, bring to pass his act, his strange act. This is in the last of the last days, these days. And as men, evil men, increase and grow worse and worse, the body of Christ will come forth in the fullness of the measure of Jesus Christ and the divine nature of Christ. We'll do that only through these divine promises given to us. These exceedingly great and precious promises given to us that we might be made partakers of his divine nature, not of ours, his. We have to walk in the light as he's in the light. We have to be in present truth. We have to stand in the power of his might, not our own. Well, what does that entail? Well, Hebrews 12, 14, before this work, he states, this great work with judgment of the line, righteousness to the plummet that has and will surprise the hypocrite, did not know and understand the work of the ministry. Because bread corn is bruised. That's the church of the living God. He will beat out the coming with a rod and a staff there with a rod and his staff. Bread corn is bruised. Will he not cast scatter abroad the appointed barley and the rye, the literal church of the living God, the seed of the word of God with a great harvest. But he will not ever be turning the wheel of the cart and the horseman upon it. Why? Because that's the wrath of God. We're not appointed to the wrath of God. How be it? We are appointed to the rod and to the staff of God. And he uses the rod and the staff there in his chastening so that we will not be condemned with the world. And that's the reason why he uses it. In his love to bring us into that same nature as he is crucifying our own affections and our lusts in order to be protectors of his divine nature. And it's through these exceedingly great and precious promises through obedience unto righteousness that we're made protectors of his divine nature. And we escape the corruption of the world through lust. So we're not conformed to the world. We're transformed by the renewing of our mind. That's the only way that we can prove what is a good, acceptable, perfect will of God for each of us is if we do not do the will of God, we will not have entrance into the kingdom of heaven. Matthew 5, 6, and 7 has stated that. Jesus himself on the Sermon on the Mount, the greatest sermon ever preached, Jesus stated what it takes in order to obtain entrance into the kingdom of heaven. They also right in the middle of it. Says you have to provide for yourself treasures in the heaven. Matthew 6, 19. For moth and rust are not corrupt, and thieves do not break through and steal. In Luke 12, it says, sell that you have and give alms. Provide for yourself treasures in the heaven. Don't be rich toward self. Be rich toward God. For he that's rich toward self in the night will his soul be required of him. It requires us to do the will of God. Somebody said, well, that's awful straight. That's a narrow way, Brother Beard. Well, that's exactly what Jesus said. He did not say that everybody's going to heaven as most of these prosperity preachers who have turned around colors tell them. Are these little bright smiles uh, uh, with a little curly hair and telling us how simple it is to make heaven. Just say the sinner's prayer and 
Ask Jesus to come in your heart, and you're saved. That's it. That's all there is to it. Where we have 66 books in the Word of God, everyone there explaining to us that we must be made protectors of his divine nature, mortifying the deeds of the flesh. Without doing that, and not being conformed to this world, but being transformed by the renewing of our mind, we can't hear the voice of God and certainly cannot do his will. To be a protector of his divine nature requires us to be obedient unto righteousness. You see that in Romans 6. Whosoever we yield our members of servants to obey, him are we the servants to whom we obey. Whether of sin unto death, even though we have the Holy Ghost, Christ in us, we don't obey it. We still conform to the image of Adam, the old man, and that still flesh that's still alive, even though the old man is crucified, they're in the burial by water baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. But simply because the old man is destroyed, Romans 6, 1 through 4, we still, there we can't obey that propensity to sin, the lust of the flesh. We have to mortify the deeds of the flesh. And that's exactly what Jesus requires. Paul states it. Jesus states it that if we do not do the will of God, we will not have entrance to the kingdom of heaven, Matthew 7. Not all that say to me, Lord, Lord, will be able to enter the kingdom of heaven, only those that do the will of God. He states that they'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth, warning us that we have to take this seriously to do the will of God. That he said there will be many that will say, we've done many wonderful works in your name, saying it's a Jesus. In thy name we've cast out devils. In thy name we prophesied in thy name. Jesus will say, I never knew you. Depart from me, you that work iniquity. For you did not do the will of my Father which is in heaven. You didn't do my will. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. A true minister that loves you will tell you the truth. And he will reprove, rebuke, and correct as one that must give accountable for the souls in what he preaches. Though the strife for the mastery must be temperate self-control in all things and all things of truth. And that requires obedience. That a man will be truly furnished unto all good works. Knowing the word of God for profitable for reproof, rebuke, and correction. But yet, very few do. Why? Because they say, well, it's so easy a gospel. You just ask Jesus to come into your heart. You don't have to mortify the deeds of the flesh. Jesus takes you just as you are, and you made heaven. That's a lie. What is holiness? Holiness is not a dress code. Holiness is not something of the intellect, of something that we learn with an intellectual exercise. It is partaking of his divine nature, obeying the Holy Ghost in our spirit, our conscience, bearing us witness in the Holy Ghost. That's doing the will of God. That's a peace that passes all understanding. And we see in Romans 6 that Paul admonishes us that we are to obey under righteousness. Now, obedience is required regardless of what these rooted to fresh and fruity preachers, and I'll be, I'll be nice, say unto the body of Christ. 
because the church is a living God. And even when God even speaks to some of the believers, they go to their pastor and they say, oh, don't worry about that. That's not to you. That's the national Israel or those are the ones that missed the rapture or whatever the case is. When God is speaking the truth to many individuals that are seeking God, but yet the pastors stand at the door and they will not go in themselves, neither will they let their congregation go in or the other believers. Jesus put it this way. You don't go in and you go up and down the coast to find a proselyte. And when you find him, you make him a twofold more child of the devil than you are. Why? Because they don't even have any fundamental truth at all because they believe the lies. A twofold moral child of the devil. Pretty harsh words from our Lord. But he meant what he said and said what he meant. That simply is holiness was required. Without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. Look at Hebrews 12, verse 14. And it says, well, look at verse uh, 12, 13, and 14. Wherefore, lift up the hands which hang down in the feeble knees and make straight paths for your feet. That's your walk in God, your conversation, your obedience. Lest that which is lame be turned out of the way, but let it rather be healed. Don't turn it out of the way, the way of truth. Let it be healed. In other words, come into subjection to the truth. Watch verse 14, Hebrews 12, verse 14. Follow peace with all men. Now that's God's peace. Not as the world teaches, not as the world gives, but my peace I give unto you, Jesus said. And holiness. That end is chi, even holiness. Follow peace with all men, even holiness. Without which, notice that, a dire situation of consequence if we do not obey, under righteousness, under holiness. Without this holiness, the divine nature of God, being in the likeness and the image of Jesus Christ, without which no man shall see the Lord. And you can't get much plainer than that. Without us coming to the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ unto a perfect man, doing the will of God in all things, doing the will of God in our life for the purpose of God in our life, being accomplished and done through obedience. That's where we work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. For it's God that worketh in us both the will and the do, not our works of our own righteousness, but the righteousness of God by faith. Faith there works by love. And we find in Romans 5 that grace reigns through righteousness, not alone. They say, well, grace saves you. No, grace reigns through something, through righteousness, through what Jesus did, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, and then leading us on through the, his spirit in us unto all perfection. He gave us a fivefold ministry. He gave us some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the perfecting of the saints. But most go to church and listen to a pastor. That has been a cookie cutter from a seminary where he was taught the semantics and 
the ideology of that particular denomination or cookie cutter, a cookie cutter minister. All speaking the same things in that denomination and being licensed there and given a doctrine of divinity or a, a PhD in theology, whatever the case is, and then preaching in that denomination and saying, we have the truth. Well, I have a truth, but it's partial truth. Almost all repeat, preach some kind of repentance. Well, that's a start, but it's not salvation. Godly sorrow work the repentance unto salvation, not to be repented of. Well, how far do we have to go? Well, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins. You have to have the heart circumcised to believe with the heart, and that's buried with Jesus in baptism through faith in the operation of God and when he raised Jesus from the dead. Well, that faith in the operation of God, God takes a spiritual operation, a spiritual scalpel down in a watery grave and cuts off the foreskin of your heart, the body, the sins of the flesh, cut off, circumcised from your human spirit. That's not even taught in most churches. And it's fundamental to the doctrine of Christ. That's born of the water. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, born of the Spirit. That starts the race. You're not even in the race until then. And then what you have to do? Well, you've got to grow up into him. In all things and all truth and faith is the substance of things so far. The evidence of things not seen. Most go to a church and the pastor shook hands with them. Think you're safe. You've said the sinner's prayer, so be confident you've got heaven made. And you confess that with your mouth, but you don't believe with your heart because your heart was never circumcised. The only way to believe with the heart is to have the heart circumcised. That just starts. That's just the beginning. But then you have to grow up in him in all things. Holiness is the divine nature of God that must be done. And to do that, one must obey under righteousness. So where do you see that? Take a look at it, and I'm going to leave it with you in Romans 6. Diligently seek the Lord your God, and you will see it. Search the scriptures for in them. We all think we have eternal life. And these are they that testify of me, Jesus said. Oh, that they were wise, that they would consider another latter end. We have to understand these things and be obedient unto righteousness. And watch at what Paul said and warned us in Romans 6. He stated, Whosoever you yield your members, your body, their your obedience as servants to obey him or ye the servants to whom you obey. Now you have the Holy Ghost. You've got Christ in you, the hope of glory. You're born again of the water and the spirit, assuming you've been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ after you repented and have received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. But then and only then it begins the walk and running in that race. Don't you know that I'll run in a race and only one winneth the prize. It's a straight and narrow gate. Either be that find it, that find life. Well, he warns us. This grace reigns through righteousness, and righteousness has to be obtained through obedience, not of our own righteousness by works, but the righteousness of God by faith and obedience uh, unto the leading of the Holy Ghost. It requires this faith without works, this dead being alone. So he states that. Whosoever sins, whosoever you yield your members of service, obey him 
or you the servants to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death. You cannot stay in the, the flesh without crucifying it with the affections and the lust. It cannot please God. Or of obedience. It's either one or the two. You either crucify and mortify the deeds of the flesh, crucifying the flesh with the affections of the lust, or you do obedience unto righteousness, which will yield the peaceable fruits of holiness, without which no one, no believer without that. Hebrews 12, 14, without that holiness, no one, no man, no man, woman, anyone will see the Lord. Now that's the word of God. Not watered down, it's straightforward. Jesus said what he meant, meant what he said. Well, if this bore witness, we'd like for you to contact us. We work together in the work of the ministry. You can call me, leave a message. I'll get back to you if you feel a call there to work in the ministry. You can certainly do that being one with us. Dennis Beard Ministries, DVM. The country code is plus one. My area code, 903-746-4885. Leave a message, I'll get back right to you. Also, you can write to me, Post Office Box 2906, Longview, Texas, zip code 75606. You can also download our app, Sealing God's People, for our daily podcast for the present truth and what we're bringing to the people, to the nations now. Over a thousand ministers in Africa alone that have come out of darkness of a trinity into the present truth of the Jesus-only doctrine of Christ, the true doctrine of Christ. We thank God for that. They're listening to the leading of the Holy Ghost, not some ecumenical councils of synods some 17, 18 centuries ago that we claim to be the truth in Protestant religion. Also, you can message me. You can do that over the email, sealinggodspeople at dennisbeard.org. I'd love to receive your email. Also, you can message me at dennisbeard.org, sealinggodspeople.org, sealinggodspeople.com. Well, I pray that God perfect that, which is like again all of us, that we all may be presented by us at the coming of the Lord, most spirit, soul, and body. Until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Spirit saying, Behold, the real Jesus.